Hi, I'm Felicia. And I'm Sam. Welcome to the Bootleg Book Club. Today, our sixth pick is One True Loves by Elise Bryant. We've actually already read a pick from Elise Bryant before, Happily Ever Afters. And we talked a little bit about her in that episode, but I just want to bring it up again that she was born and raised in Southern California, which is evident in her books because they're often located in California. She uh, was an African uh, studies major from California State. She has a master's in special education from Loyola Marymount. She was a special education teacher before becoming a writer. And like I said, this is our second pick from her. So when we were creating our schedule, we thought it would make sense to read these two books together because honestly, we thought it was a sequel. Yes. We thought One True Loves was a sequel to Happily Ever Afters. And while the books are definitely related, they are two different stories entirely. Yes. But I do want to say that I think Elise Bryant is an author that I will continue to follow. I really enjoy her writing style, and I even said so on Instagram, and she replied back, which was really nice. That's great. Yeah, these are definitely more companion books. I don't think I'm a true deep fan in the storyline, but for the actual writing, I am engaged. I definitely see how great of a writer Elise is. And I'm really happy to have that and just have little moments of connecting with the book in that aspect. Right, right. So on that note, I actually did the virtual book this time. So, um, but for the book look in general, just looking at pictures online of like how the um, cover looked, it was purple. And then the main character, Lenore, She's kind of seated on top of a book, a suitcase. And that was really cool, again, because it's a nice little Easter egg into what the book is about. Um, right. She's about to go on a trip, and you see stickers on it. And again, she also, Lenora is a black girl who has braids. So I think she has locks. locks. Locks? Okay, locks. So again, just showing black hair, black girls being the main character, um, I really love that too. Right, I agree. So this book was 309 pages, so it's a, a little um, shorter than Happily Ever After, but not mm-hmm. by much. And um, the story really is, again, like you said, is Lenora's story. So Te- Lenore is Tessa's best friend from the Happily Ever After's book. And so we kind of get to see these characters again, but we get to deep dive into Lenora's story. And she is the eclectic and different one in her family. She's artistic and smart, but it's always kind of like the undercurrent in the family is that Mm. she's smart, but not as smart as her other siblings. Yes. And she's never, you get the sense that she's never experienced real love and Obviously, like, she's a teenager, so that's reasonable, but she's had some pretty bad boyfriend experiences, Mm -hmm. and so it's just nice that you get her love story, and it's fun, and it's beautiful, and I think age-appropriate while still um, being very meaningful. Yes, and also, with it being a companion book to Happily Ever Afters, this is set two years later towards graduation season. So this is why she's about to embark on this trip with her family. Um, So this story is very evident about 
romance, but also coming of age and figuring out what you want to do with your future. Yes, yes, absolutely. So are you ready to jump into the bookmark where we talk about our favorite quotes and passages? Yes. Um, I'm going to start off then. I'm in the back of the book. I always find Why my are you starting in the back of the book? Okay, I'll let you go first, but I'm going to take us back to the beginning. Okay, great. So um, for the ending, it's... Um, I'm going to start off with the long one and then jump to the short one. Um, so yes, but I know it's not that easy. That's why I'm here. It's scary to disappoint them because of where they started and how much they've accomplished and sacrificed for us. So we could do the same, anything but putting our heads down and working as hard as we possibly can. It feels indulgent and then cut off a few sentence, but maybe caring for ourselves is the ultimate celebration of how they've raised us, having options, you know? Um, this is Lenore talking to Alex towards the end of the book um, about her parents. Um, her parents are the epitome of black excellence. Absolutely. Um, they have, the dad's a lawyer. Um, they have, you know, made it to a certain um and the mom, I believe, is a nonprofit director. Nonprofit director, yes, thank you. Um, they've made it to a certain place, you know, where they've afforded for their children to have really good lives. Um, so to the extent I think they're able to pay out of pocket for Lenore's college education. Yes, <laughs> which I was, I think, if there was anything that was like, oh, they got money, it was that. Like, yes, yes, know? exactly. Um, so she's talking again about this pressure of if she doesn't live up to this excellence, this black excellence, um, it feels, you know, kind of like a waste or like maybe she's a disappointment. Um, but then on the flip side, she says, of course, well, maybe caring for myself and having this options is what's truly what it's all about at the end of the day and it reminded me of the past when we talk about and this it was mentioned also in this book of that quote of you know i'm my ancestor's wildest dream right and you mentioned how like well the opposite of this idea of hustle culture or working hard maybe our ancestors wildest dream is for rest right? right so really at the end of the day to do what you really want you know at the end of the day it's not yes. it's not like just hustle and bustle i think at the end of the day they probably valued rest they probably valued being able to enjoy creative pursuits yes. in a way that was just about enjoying yourself in the morning in the moment and experiencing joy in that yes and just hearing that kind of towards the end of her kind of getting to this where me just having options it's it, it's that step up you know that right. i already need so um those kind of like two quotes that are kind of connected was it for me right i actually um highlighted a quote similar to that and i it was just more so about like how her parents had given like their time and money and so they were wanting the best futures possible for them and so just her feeling of like owing them excellence but i think the quote that you read really um pushes to the forefront what can happen when you kind of i don't say i don't want to say turn against this idea of owing your parents 
because I think it's nice to be great. Like, it's good to be grateful towards them. But I think the quote that you highlighted kind of touches on be grateful towards them, but also realize that it's okay to do your own thing because there's excellence in that. And there's excellence in knowing that part of them creating a better future for us was creating a future where we could have options. Very true. And I think that also helps um, relieve the stress it right. comes with trying to meet all these expectations right. um, from parents or just the people who came before us, which can, I mean, we'll talk about it in the deep dive, which can lead to so many other um, issues. Right. So, like I said, I was going to take us back to the beginning of the book. Yes. And this is, this quote, I think, highlights what I love so much about Elise Bryant is because, like, I read her books and I'm just like, I see little nuggets of things that I experienced when I was a teenager Mm. or whatever. And so one of those things is on page six and... Oh, very beginning. Very beginning. And Tessa and Lenora are actually talking about Lenora's trip. And Tessa's trying to convince her, like, you're going to fall in love, like you're going to Italy. Mm -hmm. And they she starts bringing up... um, this movie and she never says what the movie is oh we know the movie though. she describes it and i'm like i know i know they're not talking about this movie so um she says um she says no it's not that type of movie but then she meets this guy named paolo and I'm like, holy crap. And they are talking about the Trevi Fountain in Italy. And I'm like, I know this girl Tessa did not just say a movie from before they were born. Because I remember seeing this movie in theaters. And if you don't know what that movie is by now, it was the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah. And it's so wild to me because I literally remember going to the movie theaters to watch this movie. Okay. And also, when I went to Italy, I did want to go to the Trevi Fountain. Unfortunately, it was under construction at the time. So, like, they had just, like, like, you could go to the location, but they had pretty much, like, a picture of what it would typically look like. And you could still, like, throw coins, but it was just, like... It's not the same. It's not the same. So, Italy is definitely on my list of places to go back to, to have, like, that more full experience. But it just is, like... Reading that, it's just like, it made me chuckle. It made me think back to that movie and it just, and just that time in my life, which was really nice. Um, I also found another funny moment and I think this just goes to, I mean, obviously like black people are not a monolith, but like we know that a lot of black people think like this. On page 77, her father is talking about vacation stuff and Actually, I don't know that her father is talking about it, but she's just they're just talking about different vacation ideas. And one thing that comes up is camping. And like, <laughs> you hear I like that. Yes. You hear her father's opinion and it it goes, why am I going to sleep in the dirt and call it vacation? And truly, I know black people are not a monolith. I know there are black people that probably go camping, but I can say I truly identified with this quote. And that's another part of Elise Bryant's work that I appreciate. Yeah, I'm not going to go sleep in the dirt and call it a vacation. I'm not going camping and calling it a vacation. Now, do I enjoy hiking? Yes, I do. Will I be spending the night in the woods? No, I will not. So, yes. Um, do you have another quote? Cause I have um, like three more. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and share your three. 
<laughs> Obviously, you can tell I really like this book. Yes. Okay. So, page two, two, uh, 222. You're willing... To, this is Alex, the love interest, talking to Lenore. You're willing to take risks and explore new things, and that's all strength, not a weakness. I don't think there's anything about you that needs to be fixed, Lenore. You're perfect just the way you are. And this is just him highlighting the fact that she may be different from her family, but different does not mean less than, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated. And then um, page 287, she's Lenore is just thinking about like what she wants to do with her life and with her future. And something that really stuck out to me was she wants to be passionate enough about something to make a life doing it. And I think that's something that gets lost along the way for people as they grow up. Like you start thinking about like money and how to sustain yourself. And I think all of those things are truly important. Like we want to be able to pay our bills. But I think you need to also find that a passion in life. You need to find something in life that will help you in the sense of sustaining you, not maybe financially wise, but mental health wise and not being miserable all the time. So I appreciated that they brought that up. And my third quote, I will save for a deep dive. Okay. Yes. I really like that part where um, Alex was talking about that this is a strength for you um especially because there's also other moments in the book where you see Lenore's relationship with her family and she's kind of considered the black sheep or the one who's a bit too extra when really it's just she's learning to express herself learning to fulfill her creativity um and her keeping on this path um, throughout the book is something I appreciated right so that support from Alex was really needed and it was really nice to see someone who can be there for her. I agree. So, yeah. Um, POV. Okay. Um, best favorite character, least favorite character. Um, you could go first. Okay. I loved Etta. I loved the little <gasps> sister. That was my favorite. I yes. Just like every time it like she um, said something, I either chuckled or mm-hmm. just thought like the way they're... Um, the way her personality kind of shined, I appreciated it. And I felt like I, um, she is the embodiment of black excellence in the sense that she's like basically a young genius. Mm-hmm. She's younger than Lenore, but already taking college classes. Yes. And at the same time though, you can tell that she just, she loves to explore. She loves to learn. And I also thought that in her own ways, she showed love to Lenore and support to her as well, which is another quote um, that I have that we can discuss in the deep dive. But I just found her to be unapologetically her and unapologetically into the things that she was into. And, you know, there was nothing wrong with that. Yes, I really liked her too, um, and just the w- interactions she had with her parents I thought was really funny and cute too, and just wholesome moments where she is a child prodigy, or I mean genius. Um, I think so. They use that term as well in the okay. book. So it's, she's super smart and she has this sense of, um, or an aura of being an adult, you mm-hmm. know, but her parents are very much so also but you're still a child so let's try to keep this childness part of you so she has mandatory like 
child hours. You know, right, you got to right. go be a kid. You got to go play life. Right, you got to right. go play Monopoly right, and different right. things like that. Um, and that's something I really liked and cherished. And I think I also, I mean, I'm not a, like a child genius, but I saw elements of that too, of like having two older sisters wanting to be a bit older, you know, and hang out with older people, but also recognizing in the moment you could still be a child, you know, and have that inner child. Right. So I really did like her. I will say for me, my least favorite characters um, were Lenore's parents at okay. the same time. Um, slightly Wally. Um, slightly Wally That's well. her older brother. Um, but more so just the parents um, because just so much pressure. She is to make a decision about um, her major um, where, again, you can make a decision on a major when you're a sophomore. Um, and they're like, you need to have something decided by the end of this trip. Um, that just threw me off from the very beginning. I was triggered in <laughs> such a way. I was just like, I hate this. Um, overall, though, I do think they're good parents because, again, I really like their interaction with Etta um, and the way that they're trying to support her. And maybe they're just trying to navigate that as parents, especially when... You do want to, um, they had moments where they would talk about, um, which is very real about, you know, sometimes as a black child, as a black student, you can't always afford to not have a plan, you know? Right. So having a set goal and mindset, um, it's what at the time they're trying to provide her with the resources to eventually have options. So I could see that, but alone of just the amount of pressure that whole you need to make a decision in one week mm-hmm. it was it was no, too much for it you. was too much no i kind of agree honestly i i definitely agree in the sense that the the parental pressure was triggering for me as well mm-hmm. and also it just was like maybe for me because i didn't go to an art school but i was like what do you mean you have to choose your major in the your freshman year i was like that doesn't make sense but um whatever I'm ready to deep dive now because I want to get into the actual love story and just like other things about Lenora's story. Okay. So basically, as we mentioned, this is Lenora's love story. And while she's on the cruise, she's very much against falling in love, which is understandable because at this point, she had an incident happen where... She thought she was dating someone, mm-hmm. um, and it was dating, but not necessarily public because she thought, you know, once he turned 18 and it was out from the arms of his parents, they would be able to be together. And that's kind of the narrative that he sold her and come to find out what it really boiled down to was his family and his culture would not be accepting of a black girl. And he he though went on to basically date a white girl mm-hmm. and brought that white girl to prom, kissed her, making it very evident that they were in a relationship. And that's something that he would never do with Lenore. And Lenore really gave herself to him in a way that she thought, you know, this is the guy that for me, and he really likes me, he just can't upset his parents when it's so close to graduation. And she was really, like, hanging on to that. And he completely, completely betrayed her. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And that kind of heartbreak um, at 15, 16, 17 years old, it's 
understandable why you would be against love. Like people experience this in their 20s and 30s and feel and still need to heal from something like that. And then in addition to that, it's not like that was her only bad experience. Like she also had another experience where she had fallen, felt like she had fallen in love, thought this was going to be the guy she was with forever. They, they were teenagers, but talking about marriage and he also, I would say, dumped her in a cruel, cruel way. Yes. And so it's understandable why she's against love. She's not in love with love as we would probably say Tessa's character was. And she was um, not looking for it in the way Tessa's character um, probably was. Yes. Lenore is rightfully guarded about love and navigating her love life. Um, And it was very interesting to see where when you're introduced to Lenore in the first book um and a little bit in the beginning of this book she is seen as the strong friend the cool friend the one who is independent and can like you know handle anything so to actually see her in this vulnerable position it reminded me you know you don't know truly what's going on with people so you always need to give grace and be available for them Um, because like you said to experience that at such a young age people are experiencing it you know around my age in their 20s and it's devastating right Um, right so I agree with that Um, I will say though when Lenore um, goes on this before Lenore goes on this trip and she has um, her graduation party her grandmother was such a comforting spirit yes. and her grandmother was really there for her and her grandmother gives her um, an old camera from her childhood mm-hmm. and I think this camera is special in the sense that it brings Lenore back to one of her first passions Yes, and it allows Lenore to experience this trip with um, keeping it at the forefront of her mind. I'm looking for what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was really beautiful for her grandmother to gift her that. And you could see the ways that her grandmother always affirmed her and made her feel special. And I really appreciated that. And I think Lenora even needed that coming out of everything that she was coming out of. Yes, um, that was nice. But also um, the grandfather, he passed away, but the camera was his. And he said, you know, Lenore's going to find this eventually again. So save this for her. Right. Um, So I thought that was really nice, too. When again, when it comes to the parents and just, you know, other family members and how they talk about Lenore of saying, you know, she was into so many other art things. You know, she's painting one day, taking photos another they're saying she couldn't really focus. One, she's young. Why does she need to focus? Right. Two, um, I really liked, again, how the grandpa said, you know, I'm going to save this for you because you might come back to it. So things in life, you know, again, you don't always have to um, stay on one thing. You could always come back to it. And Agreed. then, Agreed. of course, it becomes um, something later on. You could see that the way she's taking pictures, the art she sees, um, on the trip, she starts seeing, and the only one who's seeing the cracks a lot in the family. You know, she gets that extra view. Cracks meaning um, on this trip, she's with her older brother, who 
she knows there's something wrong. You right. know, he's trying to say I'm sick all the time. Um, getting distant from the family, but the parents, all they see is, well, he just graduated from college and he's going to law school, you know? Mm-hmm. He's this perfect son. Um, there's nothing wrong there. And she's like, no, something's off, you know? Right, right, Same right. thing with Etta, where um, I think there's little pieces when she's playing life with Etta, of saying like, well, you kind of need to chill a little bit, little sister. Um, she sees these things, um, and I really like that aspect of the camera using that too right so i will say when alex was first introduced i was like elise how are you gonna fix this because i already don't like him (laughs) no (sighs) no i was like i thought we were gonna do i was like oh she's about to introduce the fake dating trope i was Mm -hmm. like okay here we go to all the boys i love before and then i just was like no i actually don't like him okay I liked him, so... I didn't like him. I was like, at least you gotta fix this. And I eventually I did like him. But they did start off rocky, which I think we both can agree to. They started off rocky, but I will say that was one thing with Lin or I didn't really like. Um, rocky meaning he... Alex comes on this trip, and originally he was supposed to be on this trip with his girlfriend, right? High school sweetheart. High school sweetheart. Um, but they broke up, but the family's already bought the tics, tickets for the trip, so they gotta go. Mm-hmm. So now he's on a boat seeing his ex-girlfriend, and, you know, he's like, it was a bad breakup. We're at this little teen club event get-together. Um, he tries to ask Lenore, can you pretend to be my fake girlfriend, you know? I think in that moment, you know, just asking that, I see from his point of view, if he's really hurt, why would you ask that? You know, all Lenore had to do was say no. But she... But Lenore has experienced so much trauma in that area. I can understand. And also, who actually asked someone that? Just straight up. You don't even know them. Like, no, like, that's weird. That's weird. No, people do that sometimes. Especially when it comes with safety. I know girls who's like, hey, can you pretend to be with me? Because this guy... Is but that's not me. what that's not what Alex was asking. He specifically wanted to make the other girl jealous. He said that, and I think he wanted like it was too much to me. No, he didn't anymore. want to make her jealous. He said to Lenore, "You know, I know this is gonna sound off, but you know, this was a bad breakup. I just don't want to show that I'm too clingy. You know, like that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to protect himself." You know, well, anyway, (laughs) it was obviously not working for Lenore and she told him to go away and that started off a bad relationship. However, turns out on the cruise ship for their dinner um, tables, they are assigned to the same table. Mm -hmm. Of course, that would happen. And from there, though, they do start to connect as their family because they're they don't really have a choice in the sense Mm -hmm. that their families connect. And so they start doing excursions together yes and through the excursions you start to see them get closer and you start to see them fall in love and you start to see that even though they are very different in the sense that Alex is the type who likes to have a plan he wants to go into medicine like his mother um, you start to see that even though that they're different he values the strengths of Lenore so I, I thought that was beautiful yes and that's why again i will also just i like alex i'm gonna vote for him um he also saw things um with lenore that was wrong and he tried to be helpful you know just 
on on the plane side, um, she was seasick, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think Lenore had this attitude of, you know, I'm not seasick. I could handle this. And it's just like, you know, let him help. Maybe it is coming from this, again, side of, you know, being hurt. And he kind of started off the introductions in a rough way. But I just felt like Lenore could have just been a bit more chill um, would you say that those were kind of rough moments for you to read? Like when you felt like Lenore was going a little overboard about her reactions? Yes. Um, because another one towards the end would be, um, when they finally are together or just like really getting along, he starts talking to his ex-girlfriend and she kind of like has this really flipped out moment. Uh, moment. I actually wrote that down as a rough moment. Like. I just was like, that was kind of hard to read. I feel yes. like she just kind of go overboard. And I felt like she could have at least broached the conversation with him before deciding for herself what that moment meant just mm-hmm. from watching. And I thought her deciding to break up with him was really harsh over that. I thought that was harsh. I also thought there was a moment where, again, the dad is talking about Lenore and just the way she um, hops from one thing to another. And he he actually defended her and he was saying, you know, I don't think that's the best description of Lenore. And again, she was like, I don't need you to defend me. And I also think, I don't know, I felt that was rough too where it's been... You guys have had moments together, you know? This is not at the beginning where you don't know this guy and stuff like that. I don't need you, again, I could see that if it was at the very beginning. I don't need you to really stand up for me. You don't really know me. But no, they've had, like, you spent the night in his cabin, all these little moments together. He was really trying to be a friend to you because he saw all these things that were going on. I agree. So another kind of rough moment for me was it was clear to me that Lenore was trying to connect with Wally, trying to get closer to him, trying Mm -hmm. to kind of repair their relationship as brother and sister. And he was just very off-putting, I felt like, and I thought he was treating her harshly. And in the end, I understood because he himself was going through a lot of issues as far as his anxiety and panic attacks. And you've learned that he did not truly graduate from college and he's having to take a class over the summer and he's doing it uh online and this is kind of like a catalyst moment that kind of shows you that that hustle culture that overachieving culture Mm -hmm. that black excellence culture there are some pitfalls to it and so you in the end you understand where wally is coming from but i i felt like he could have been nicer at the end of the day yeah he could have been nicer um but that was very shocking for me because mm-hmm. I will say I thought it was going to be um, he didn't get into law school. That's that's why I was like, this boy didn't get into law school. <laughs> He's not going. He's not. <laughs> something's happening. But it was he really, lied. I mean, he did lie. But <laughs> he it didn't lie about that. But so that's why I was like, oh, that was really good writing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think it definitely also showed um, this where you have this idea of just it. The black man can't feel. He doesn't have emotions. You know, mm. different things again. Mm. And this um, part where it's actually recognizing that um, was important, especially towards the end when Lenore is finally telling her family her decision mm-hmm. um, of, you know, actually, I don't want to go to, um, what is it, NYU? NYU? Mm-hmm. Um, originally, I want to take a gap year and different things like that. Where he's the one who was like, when his parents were ready to kind of blow up, he was like, well, 
you see what just happened with me, you right. know, right. let her um, figure things out, you know, let her figure things out. And even Etta was like, you know, actually, let me help my sister yes, out, too. And this is a quote that I was going to look for right now because I kind of uh, highlighted it. And that's one thing that I wrote down as I know we kind of talked. We've, we've shifted now mm-hmm. kind of to the moments from the moments that we didn't like to. Now the moments that we did like and that we, the highs of the book, we could say, and like her coming to that realization that I want to take a gap year was one of them for me. And Etta says, Lenore, I think you're brave. Hmm. I mean, Mae Jemison was a dancer at first, and then she double majored in chemical engineering and African-American studies. And then she went to medical school and joined the Peace Corps all before she was accepted into the astronaut program in her 30s. People don't always follow a straight line, yes. which I thought, again, and Etta in her own way was showing her love to Lenore by backing her up. And Lenore um, a, she has all these different interests, and it's okay to pursue those interests and not necessarily follow a straight line like um, Etta was saying. And I think she provided like a, a great example in that moment, and I thought that was really wonderful. Um, I would say my other high of the book was pretty much any moment between Lenore and Alex yes. where they were doing that lovey-dovey stuff like when he had that whole birthday night planned for her and they yes. sat under the stars. I exactly. thought that was beautiful when he um, took the time like when they were on land doing an excursion he took the time to go by her motion, uh, seasickness like bands or yes. whatever and he shared like his whole little like quirk thing about snacks from different countries mm-hmm. and I just I was like I love it I love it so much yeah um so yeah I thought it was just it was just beautiful I really I really loved those moments yes I think for me um loved all of those things that you mentioned one thing though was having um snippets of seeing Tessa again mm-hmm. um especially in the beginning of the book where I was talking about Tessa's character and how she was like a walking hallmark. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that. I really liked her popping up. I bet you could up. identify with that. <laughs> exactly. I really liked her popping up again on like Zoom, you know, just talking to her friend. Um, I just, I appreciated that friendship just being there. Um, especially, I will say, um, for me, going into a little bit like the writing wish now, honestly, um, I think, or like just a general question, I overall did prefer happily ever afters you did so yeah i definitely think because you're a lover's lover girl you're a romance girl i am so i think again going back to my writing wish i wish there was more realistic romance because again this is one week like you guys get together break up and then you're saying i love you at the very end i loved it it's (laughs) i like romance but i was just like this is this timeline i didn't exactly flow well i will say this about it though Mm -hmm. at the end of the book and this is my last quote that i i wanted to say for the deep dive yes at the end of the book when lenore um realizes her mistake and she randomly finds Alex in Italy, which, of course, we know is unrealistic. I mean, this book really should be a crazy movie. But um, she says, I want to risk it with you. Even if I'm not perfect at it, I want to be in love with you. And I think, yes, these romance and love stories are often unrealistic and silly in some ways. But I think that there's a beauty in that. And I think 
what this book did to me is like love stories are also not perfect in real life right you know when you decide to fall in love with someone you are kind of taking a risk in the same way where our lives don't have to follow straight paths our success stories don't follow straight paths our love stories don't follow straight paths to me and I think love is something that you do kind of have to work at as well and I think that story um is in 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 one true loves and is wrapped up in that as well so yes and i would say my writing wish would be i want another book from elise bryant which i do believe she's writing another book and i don't know if this will be what it's about but i'm ready for her to do the other friend in the trio which Mm -hmm. is theo the gay friend and i especially think with him because he seems to be a guarded person but Mm. like kind of melt into the arms of his like love Mm -hmm. i i I want their story i think that would be fun in my opinion yeah theo's story and etta's story i want to hear like etta may be older and how (laughs) that worked out for her um and she marries someone or not marries but like falls for someone who's completely opposite from her i think that would be be very interesting right Um, like She's, so, I would say she's type A. Maybe think she about that. Falls in love with someone type B or something like that. Yes. I think that's a really good one too, actually. Well, I think I can honestly say I loved One True Loves. I don't know that I enjoyed it over Happily Ever Afters. I would say they were about equal. But for the full review, of course, you can always check out our blog at the bootleg bookclub.com And you can also check a mini review out on Instagram and follow us on both our Instagram, our blog, and our YouTube to continue getting this content. We really love talking about books, and we hope you guys have been enjoying listening. So thanks for watching, and please make sure you like and follow us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.